This call is being recorded. Oh, we just thank you, Lord, for everything that you have done, God. We thank you for your precious <laughs> gift of salvation. Let us just bow our heads and just thank the Lord for his salvation. Father God, we thank you that it is the most precious gift that we could ever receive in this life. Thank you for the opportunity to get to know you, God. Lord, I pray that whoever out there that is listening to this message understand and know that there was someone that loved you so much that they sacrificed their own son so that you may not perish but have everlasting life. And there was someone that loves you so much that they were willing to be to be killed. They were willing to get their beards ripped out of their faces, their his face. He was willing to get spit on, to get punched over and over and over again beyond recognition. It was Jesus who took our punishment, who died in our place, places. When we needed a shoulder to cry on, when we needed direction in this life, it was Jesus Christ that was crucified for us. So, Lord God, we thank you for this, this prayer. We thank you for the sacrifice that you have made for us, God. We continuously remember. Amen. I hope that you all um, really enjoy, uh, and when you get a chance, you can actually go over it if you like, but I hope that you all enjoy um, what the Holy Spirit begins to reveal about um, salvation and all the components um, that we miss out on as even the church. You know, a lot of people just like um, my husband was saying earlier that there's a lot of people, you know, they get saved and then they don't, be go, they don't go beyond there. Or they come into a covenant with someone that they're not willing to get to know. You know, if, if, if you believe in the true and living God and you believe that there was someone that's, uh, that created the heavens and the earth, that made us out of dirt, that breathed his breath in, in our nostrils and made us a living soul. And don't, and I'm, I'm just saying, like, if you believe that there's someone that created you, wouldn't you want to get to know that person? Jesus Christ is not a dead God. He is a living God. And she really touched our hearts to really teach on salvation. And I'm going to finish up with the last uh, portion, which is healing and deliverance. Now I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm listening. I was so blessed by the first three um, parts, and I'm, before when you when you when you're getting fed by the word, and you're like, oh man, this is awesome. And then I heard the Lord speak to me and say, but you're gonna be teaching on healing and deliverance. See, God will take your mess and give you a message. God take your brokenness and make it to be healing for someone else. 
So we're going to cover, we, gotta, we have to, as a body of Christ, the body of Christ, we have to understand that part of your salvation is for your healing and your deliverance. There's many people coming into the house of God and they're not getting delivered, not being healed from the things that we come into the house of God with. So that's why there has been a lot of people who say, you know what, I don't want to serve this Jesus. Forget him because this pastor is sexing all the women in the church. Forget this Jesus because every time I'm coming, I'm broke, I'm poor, I don't have no money, and I come to the house of God for help, but every time I go to this house of God, supposedly house of God, I go in and told that if I pay my tithes, that God going to give me a, a hundredfold blessing and my life is going to change and I leave the same. Now, I mean, I'm pretty sure many of you, we all have our own story of the things that we have saw in the house of God. And God wants us to know, the Holy Spirit wants us to know that the church is a hospital. It's a hospital. There's no perfect person. We're all striving to perfection in Jesus Christ. So if you see that your brother is sick, and then he hasn't been healed yet. He hasn't been delivered yet. That don't mean you say that there's no God. Everybody's healing and deliverance, it, it, it starts at its own pace. Someone may soar faster than um, someone else. So I just wanted to share that, that there are some people who are crying out to God. They're seeking after God. They're seeking his face to be healed and delivered. But God has his, his uh, perfect time and divine will when he wants that person to get to healed and delivered. That's why the, the Holy Spirit is to teach about the process of God. How once you get saved, takes you on a journey, begin to, um, you might have a little hardship there, or you might encounter certain people that rub you the wrong way. Just understand and know that you are gold being purified under that boiling hot, under boiling hot fire. As fire boils, as fire boils gold, it takes all the dirt, all the gunk, all the impurities out. And when and when and when it is finished, it is priceless. It is beautiful. People will take notice of it. Think about it. If you got a a, a gold chain and you you know you got diamonds, right? And it's shining and it's like eighteen karat gold, twenty two karat gold, you're gonna treasure that, right? You're going to take care of it. You're not going to let everybody wear it. You would wear it to certain places. See, when God is purifying you as pure gold, you're not going to want to go everywhere. You're not going to want to let anything touch it. You're going to be in a position where you understand that now you're priceless. So you're not going to put yourself in every situation, in every circumstance to what? Temper with what you suffered for. 
Now let's back it up a little bit. How we see people in the church, you know, some of them in the pulpit, some of them in the choir, but they're not being healed. They're not being delivered. Why? Because they forget the relationship portion of knowing God. And they think that singing, preaching, ushering, playing instruments is worshiping God. See, when you do outward things, that's a form of worship. But the true undefiled worship is of in the spirit and of a pure heart. See, many of us, sometimes, you know, when we come into the house of God, we say, Lord, I want you to baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Okay, now let's ask God this question. God wants to ask the question, why do you want him to baptize you with the Holy Spirit? So that you can speak in tongues? So that you can uh, 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 solve all mysteries? So that you can um, um, prophesy? See, even when we speak, the Holy Spirit, we must seek the Holy Spirit in purity. Lord, I want the Holy Spirit simply because I want to be one with you. The only way you're going to be able to be identified when Christ comes back is if you have his Holy Spirit, the Spirit that cries, Abba, Father. All right, now, now, so we can go on and on and on and on about Healing and deliverance, but I really, really want y'all to understand that when you come into the house of God, understanding you're in a classroom, you're at a, and, and, and another way is to understand that you're at a doctor. See, let me, let me share something with you. There was Mary and then there was Martha. Jesus came in the midst of Mary and Martha. These are two beautiful devoted women of God that loved Jesus. They did. They loved Jesus so much. But but Martha saw Jesus coming. She said, oh, I got to make food. I got to prepare the house. I got to do this. I got to do that because the king is here. Mary, she saw Jesus and she just sat at his feet ready to hear whatever this this king of kings, Lord of had to say. Guess what, y'all? Don't some Martha got mad at Mary because Mary wasn't helping her. Mary wasn't getting busy serving the Messiah. And she said, Jesus. She said, Jesus. I'm paraphrasing it. She said, look at Mary. She just sitting here while I'm doing all this work by myself. Preparing for you. And what did our loving master say to Martha? He said, for Mary has chosen what is good and what is everlasting. That means that it will never fail, that it is eternal. She chose to sit at the feet of her master to learn everything that he had to teach had to um, teach her. It amazes me how we're so quick quick to preach for our master when we haven't even sat and learned from our master. So we must understand that 
in order to have healing and deliverance. Healing it comes hand in hand with deliverance. So let's start off with the first um the first the first scripture that I want to share. Understanding number one that all things. Let's go to Second Corinthians, um, chapter five, verse seventeen. Then, chapter five, verse seventeen. What does it say? And I might have to have um. Jason, read for me. I don't know how we're going to work this out, but we're going to get it together and stay tuned. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I apologize for that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Okay. 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Wherefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things are passed away. Behold, they are become new. Amen. So it says in plain black and white that when we come into Christ, all old things have passed away. When we become new creatures, that's what the Bible speaks about being born again. Being born again. So if I'm born again, do I know it all now in my new life? No. Am I operating how I supposed to? Right off bat, right off the head? No. What happened? What do I have to do? Renew your mind daily, daily, daily remind yourself that I am a person. I am a new person. I, I, I have to train myself to respond differently. If I'm not a communicator, then I, I'll make effort, extra effort in communicating. And I love, 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 love this man of God in our ministry. He realized that he did not have a strong communication, but I saw him eagerly try day after day to do something new, do something different. And that is someone who understands that I, I want to be blessed in my new life. I don't like how I operated in my old life. So now I want to do something different so that I can reap the benefits of my salvation. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. So. When you understand that, and then let's just make an example. The Bible says that you can't pour new wine into old wineskins. Some of us, we're afraid to let go of the old because we're, we're afraid of the unknown. Some of us, we are afraid of, to let go of the old because that old thing was a crutch. That old thing, that old thing is what I used to use to cope. That old thing, that old thing that's sitting right there like a bag of luggage, like a heavy weight, is something that I used to use for medication. But I hear the Lord say that that old thing that you used to use as medication, that temporary fix, that old thing that has been baggage in your life, that old thing that you are afraid of the unknown, they have called you to be afraid of the unknown. I'm asking for that in return so that you may receive your new life that I desire, that I predestined for you to have. 
Hallelujah, God. So, and, and some of us, you know, when we think about the whole thing, it may be, some of us may say, oh, it was sex uh, before marriage, or it was lying, it was cheating, it was stealing, it was killing, it was, but I know a God that he weighs the intentions, he weighs the motives, he said, no, the way that you used to do business, no, the way that you used to um, scheme, no, the way that you used to be dishonest on your tax return, no, the way that you used to go to your homegirls and gossip when you're upset, no, the way that you used to talk back to your mother when she used to get you upset, I want those things, those things that, that, that you may have saw hallelujah, to be a, a light thing. But guess what? A little leaven leavens the whole lump. What does that mean? That if you get a little bit of flour, it will make the whole bread grow. That means that it will be a, a, a huge loaf of bread if you just add just a little flour. That's what the Lord is saying, that the little seeds, the little seeds is those things that we happen to um. The, those are the little things that we happen. Romans chapter two verse says, first verses, sorry, verse set, uh, two says, and be not fashioned according to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So guess what? Once you get, once you receive salvation, now if you are so thankful for what God has done for you, now the question is, Lord, what can I do for you? So if you want, the Bible says, in order to do what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God is to what? Do not live according to this world. And renew your mind. Renew your mind. The Bible also says in a scripture, um, um, in the word, that you must renew your mind daily. Okay, let's let's move on. And renewing your mind daily, some of us, we have to divorce those old lovers <laughs> that we had when we were in the world. Now, what do, what do I mean by that is that letting go of idolatry. Idolatry is anything that you have placed above God or a place above God's will. Now, you probably was married to your bottle of vodka before you came into the house of God. You probably was married to uh, your spliff when you came into the house of God. But I hear the Lord say, now you must divorce those things. It, you, must, you probably was married to a potty mouth. Anytime somebody left, flip, you know, flip you off or get you angry, you, you, you cussing back, you fighting back, you fighting, 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 fighting. Not because you feel like you're more superior, like nobody can tell you or nobody can, um, nobody shouldn't do anything to you because you're who you are. But when we come to him, we must come as a, as a, a child. And when we come as a child, and if Jesus Christ was persecuted and he was led like a lamb to the slaughter and he did not open his mouth, then how are we, the children of God, thinking that we always have to defend ourselves? And trust me, guys, I had a big issue with this one. 
Now, many of y'all know, y'all know that I'm a little, little firecracker that done been died down, a little been died down. Praise him, praise him, praise him. Hallelujah. It come up a little time, a little bit, then the Holy Spirit bring it back down. Hallelujah. But, see, I can speak on that because I understand that growing up, I always had to fight for myself. I always had to fend for myself. There was nobody that had my back. So I grew accustomed to not allowing to be tried. So when I come into the house of God, and you know, God puts you in those situations where he, he, he's chiseling your flesh. <laughs> my God. He's chiseling your flesh. He's like, uh-uh, get rid of that anger. Get rid of that cussing. Get rid of that bad bite. Get rid of that bitterness. Why? Because now you got somebody defending defending you. You got somebody fighting for you. You got somebody that's, that's got your back. See, in Christ, we're undefeated. Have you ever, have you ever, 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 ever read anything in the Bible that says, and God did not come through. And God forgot. And God was defeated. Every man, hallelujah, every single man that trusted in the will of God, that did not fight for himself, God always made their enemies their footstool. He always made them the victorious in situations that looked impossible. Why? Because these men, hallelujah, these men of God, these men of God, they did not fight in themselves. That's the key. You can't be, you know how, so, you know how we do, people of God, we be like, strike them down, Lord. I can't stand Sister Sally. She always doing this. And, oh, my husband, get on my nerve. Oh, my wife, she this and that and that. And God is, and you be like, God, show them they wrong. Show them they wrong. And the Lord is like, that's not my heart. Because in the beginning, we were talking about healing and deliverance, that everybody has their journey, that the, that the church is a hospital. So you cannot despise someone that may be catching on a little slower than you. Right? And we should all desire that none shall be lost. That's what our Father, that's who Christ. Was. He said, I desire that none, none shall be lost. He said, if I got 99 sheep, 99 sheep, and I lose one, this is scripture, y'all, I will leave the 99 to go get that one sheep in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. What does that simply mean? That when you desire to love on God, you desire his will for your life, you desire uh, to look like him, look, you know, love like him, forgive like him, you know what I'm saying, then he will give you, he will give you the desires of your heart. Why? Because when you come emerged with the Lord, you begin to look like him, and, and guess what? As you get closer to the Lord, his desires will become your desires, and his desires are always better than ours. You might say, Lord, you know, if I can make 50000 a year, that would be good for me. You know what I'm saying? I can take care of the kids. I can do all that. And the Lord might say, no, I want you to be a multimillionaire. How do you know? 
do you know what God wants for you? And some of us, we we give up the blessings of God for crumbs. I know some people who got a job at a hotel paid $12 an hour and just totally gave up God altogether. I know some. I know. I know a couple of stories where God may have had a a, a king, a Boaz, for 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 a woman of God, but she leaves for Tyrone. <laughs> Leave the Lord for Tyrone. All right. So um, fast forwarding. Okay. So remember, let's join me. <laughs> we having a good time. Uh, join me. Uh. Uh, on cha- uh, in Acts chapter 1. Now, in order to receive the f- fullness of your healing and deliverance, number one, understanding that you need help, you come in with baggage, right? You come in with a, with a, with a, with a different state of mind than what the Bible teaches. It's that acknowledgement, that need that you know that you, that need you know you need for God, okay? And taking the time, being patient with yourself, being patient with your growth. Don't look at where someone else is, is spiritually and say, Lord, you know, why are you not moving with me like that? Or, Lord, you know, um, why did he prophesy like that? Or why did he preach like that? See, the Bible says that we're one body in Christ. And look, everybody had the same gifts. If everybody could preach the same, if everybody could lay hands the same, if everybody could prophesy the same, then we'll just probably be one big old arm instead of, okay, I have, I'm the one, one body in Christ. So we know that Christ is the head, right? We need arms. We need fingers. We need the torso. We need the back. We need legs. We need the calves. We need the feet. So, you know, every person has their place in Christ. God is not calling you to every single place, every single area. There's something tailored for you. Um, when you receive your salvation and you're walking in your healing deliverance, understand that, you know, you understand who God has created you to be and, and your purpose. It says, verse 1, Acts chapter 1, verse 1. The former treatise. I made Ophelius. Okay, I'm sorry, guys. I don't like this transfer translation. Give me a second, please. Can I have another translation, please? So remember, we're talking about tarrying for the Holy Spirit. We're talking about tarrying for the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Think about it. Even in the natural way of thinking, anything we want really bad. We're going to tarry for it. We're going to fight off. Whatever the case may be, whatever you want so much, you want to try your best to get it. So that's tarrying. If you fail, it's time. You get back up and you try again. That's tarrying for the Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't know why, but the Holy Spirit is, is the most precious thing that you could ever receive in this life. So if I'm carrying for a bachelor's degree or a doctorate's degree, okay, can I bury those papers with me? Am I going to be like, really? Come on. If I'm carrying to be a, a what, 
a Donald Trump, for example. Oh, I want to be like Donald Trump. He's a billionaire. He got hotels, properties all over the world, blah, blah, blah. But guess what, guys? And pray for Donald Trump. I believe that we should all be praying for Donald Trump and praying for this nation. But I want to share this, that if you receive a trillion dollars today, who said that you had tomorrow? What you're going to do is all the hard work you have done to make money, to be wealthy. Someone, When you pass on, someone else is going to enjoy that, that wealth. Someone else is going to enjoy all your labor and hard work. Okay, yes, you leave it to your kids, but at the same time, for those, now I'm not saying it's wrong to want to be wealthy. I believe that the children of God should know how to be business owners, should know how to govern um, their finances, be good stewards over what God has given them. I am a strong believe that, believer of that. My husband and I, we're entrepreneurs. We, we click not with entrepreneurs, right? So I just want to share this, that it is the lover, love of money that is the root of all evil. Not money that is the root of all evil. God is simply wants to give us the wisdom, the wisdom in how, to, how the kingdom works. Because I know that if I become wealthy, I better be looking around to see one of my brothers or my sisters that's, that's, that's down and be able to give them a helping hand to get up. If my money is only for me, what is the point? What is the, what is, what is the real point if my money is just to make me, make my pockets fat, right? So that's how God thinks. He's like, you know, he don't mind blessing us with things, but we have to have his character in order. We have to be able to have that discipline, that self-control, be able to hear in the presence of God. That's why he talked about carrying the Holy Spirit. As you spend time in the presence of God, you'll begin to learn his voice more clear. Because guess what? When we really, really, really want something so bad, we our hearts be sounding like God, right? Come on now. I know somebody done been there. You done been there? Amen. So, okay. So, um, but we don't want that. We want to hear the Holy Spirit. We want to hear what God is saying. We want his direction. And it takes carrying. God is not answering uh, your answers right away all the time. If your answers get answered by just a drop of a, a, a dime, then you got to go back and check some of those uh, decisions that you've made. And you can always always tell what decisions you've made Um Decisions you made just by the consequences that you end up facing, right? So, okay, fast forwarding. When we come to Christ, we must understand that. Okay, we almost we understand that Jesus is not a cheater. He's not a liar. He's not a betrayer. We got to get that out of our minds. Okay, we say that he's a good God, right? But sometimes when we doubt and we have fear and we have unbelief, what kind of Thinking, we're kind of acting as if Jesus was like one of our old lovers. If he said it, he's going to do it. Plain and simple. Now, you can exit yourself out of the game, but Jesus will never exit you out. But the, what do I mean by that? If you decide you, you want to do it on your own, you don't want to follow God's instruction, you want to go wayward, you want to do your own thing, then you forfeit the game. You forfeit your blessing. You forfeit your inheritance. But if you follow what Jesus is teaching you, shall he not do it for you? 
The Bible says that, um, you know, that his word shall not return void. Okay, and, and um, I'm going to close with this. Um, and also, let us not mistaken the discipline of the Lord as the Lord's hatred or the Lord want to see you, just want to see you suffer. The Bible says that God chastened those he loves. And his greatest, greatest, greatest desire is for all his people to live by faith and not by sight. Amen. We must know that the just shall live by faith. And I do thank y'all for being patient um, with me. Turn with me to Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Oh, can you turn for that? Turn that for me, please. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. And I'm going to say this as well that um, the Bible says that God chastened those he loved. What what good father don't ch- discipline his children? So even going through your healing process, you might be saying, like, Lord, I've done, I've been going through so much. I've been through, I've been raped. I've been molested. I've been, I've, I've, I've been in prison. I've done all the, I've been going through all of these things, Lord. And now that you tell me that I come in, now I come into your kingdom, I have to still suffer for your name's sake. You know, remember, we were first bastards. We wouldn't have no father, no mother. Now that we come into the kingdom, you know, it's like if you've never been mothered, if you've never been fathered, and now you come to the kingdom, it will be a little difficult for you to now be so excited to listen to everything God want to say. Right? Or even be humble enough to receive whoever the Lord may want to use to guide you in the right direction. So remember that now that you come into the house of God, know that your hardship, the things that you are going through, the things that you may feel like you've been sitting in for so long, know that it is God's greatest desire to bless you once you come into his kingdom, that he has a destiny for you, he has a purpose for you, but he has to set you apart from the world, the world's way of thinking, and that's it, through our obstacles, through um, those things that, that kills our flesh. So, you know, just know that he said, cast your cares upon me, for I all those who are weary and heavy laden, I shall also give you rest. So we come to him understanding that we know we're tired, we're weary, we're brokenhearted, and we just need direction. God knows that. So when, when, when we come into the house of God, we tarry in his Holy Spirit. We tarry in his presence. Um, we tarry in his Holy Spirit. We tarry for his presence to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That is the only person that will make the difference. You can try to serve God all you want to in your flesh, and you will find yourself fighting, fighting, fighting. 
So what makes you different, what makes you a son, is receiving the Holy Spirit. So you have, there's, there's no other way. The disciples, they tarry. So this is what I'm going to end in in Acts chapter 1. They tarry for the Holy Spirit. In the first book, Ophelius, I have dealt with you with, with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Verse 7. He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power. What? You shall what? Receive power when the Holy Spirit has come unto you, and you will be my what? Witnesses. Witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and the, to the end of earth, and when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, he went. Behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount Olive, Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem. Okay? Now we're going to fast forward a little bit in verse 14. All these which one accord were devoting themselves. Hello? They were, number one, they were on one accord and were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of the persons was in all about and said, Brothers, the scripture has to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested him. All right, fast forwarding. Okay, we're going to go to... Uh-oh, we're going to go to chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. You have to be on one accord. For all the ministries out there listening, if you are struggling with your people uh, not receiving the Holy Spirit, not receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you must realize that everybody must be on one mindset and on one accord. We must teach the body of Christ that if, how can two walk together unless 
They agree. So in verse 2, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as fire appeared to them and rested on each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So many of you who, you know, might say, oh, Lord, what are they talking about? Are they speaking in all the barbaric tongues and all this stuff? That can't be God. The Bible says it right here in Acts chapter 2 that when the disciples received the Holy Spirit, they all received the gift of speaking in tongues. And as I was reading this, uh, as I was reading Acts chapter 2, the Lord reminded me of one last scripture that he wanted me to read, and I just have to be obedient. Join with me to Revelation uh, 21, and we're going to close out. Now, the reason why the Lord wanted me to end with this uh, scripture is because the greatest gift of salvation is eternal life. And he wants you to know that every single thing that you have ever sacrificed, you remember your way of living holy, you forsaking your old ways, it's not in vain. You going through persecution, it's not in vain. No, we're not just here to receive tangible blessings because man's life is like a what? Blink of an eye, right? We're here. God promised to give us, what, 70 years? Now, if you receive your 70 years and you don't live to like 80, 90 uh, years old, God has been good to you because he promised us 70 years. All right. It says, and he wants you to really understand that this is the ultimate goal of receiving your salvation, being healed, knowing your identity, being delivered. This is what you're not only you're on the pathway to, but this is where he's calling you to be a what? Witness to lead other people to. God will never just call you alone and forget your whole family. God will never just call you alone and just let you allow everybody else to die around you. That's not the character of God. God is always thinking about others. All right, it said in chapter 1, Then I saw a new heaven and earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the Holy Spirit city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride of dawn for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe every tear from your eyes and death will be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Glory to God. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said it to me, It is done. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the ending. To the thirsty I will give from the spirit of water of life without payment. Oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. The one who conquers will have his heritage, and I will be with, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Amen. So understand that your salvation is with a purpose, is a continuous growth 
It is a continuous carrying. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, you know, not only fellowshipping with God, loving God, knowing God, you know, becoming a witness, getting filled with the Holy Spirit, being, speaking. So it's just so many things. It's even more things that we covered in the salvation, but this is the basics, guys. This is the, 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 the whole girth of everything, and I just hope that you will be blessed. Hopefully that you, will, you took some notes that you can go over and continue to study. Amen.